0: Well, first of all, just just no funny business, huh? <laughs> just straight the fucking... All right, all right, all right. Pay attention. We're going to teach you something real special. Real special today. This is Two Coins. Two Coins. Two Coins my boy Wally. Wally. Then Ronnie Ronnie, Ronnie. Ronnie, wherever you're at, we're at. Showing two sides of the same coin. Let me know what y'all think. Two Coins. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today.
1: And welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy Ronnie. And I'm your
0: brother Wally, the other side of the coin. Today's episode is brought to you by Jim Beam.
1: Jim Bean. shout out to the Bean family, bro. In my system, <laughs> man. Let's get straight to it. Well, first of all, pre-
0: just just no funny business, huh? <laughs> <laughs> just straight the <to> fucking, <laughs> straight the <to> business.
1: <laughs> nah, I did want to say one thing, bro, because I know it's been a minute since we actually dropped an episode, and for those of y'all that follow us and are wondering, like, we're just trying to get some back end logistical stuff like handled, figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to like finalize certain shit so that we don't got to keep coming with y'all <laughs> with a new frame every week or a new logo every week. You know what I mean? So takes a lot of work behind the scenes to it put does. this together, but we love doing it. Hey, so. man. Facts, bro. You only got two brains fucking on some shit. Yeah. You know, that's all. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> NBA trade season, bro.
0: So what's the date today? Fuck, my watch is out of bed. Today
1: is February 10th.
0: February 10th. So this is, so today is the actual trade deadline. Yep. Day, three, right? So 3, 3 p.m. Eastern time today afternoon. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, this is for the NBA um national basketball association they have a every year every season they have a deadline to where teams can make trades and acquire players from other teams so today's the deadline and usually on the day of the deadline is when you know most of the blockbuster trades and big headline names you know start appearing all over the place so it's definitely an occasion for people like us
1: nah definitely bro (laughs) and it's uh you know what it's crazy because it's like the amount of stuff that happened with this trade deadline right it started off wild, like, you know what I mean? For those of y'all that don't know, you can't you haven't put the fucking pieces together yet. I'm a Cavs fan, so, like, trade. the entire trade uh, market open, uh, opened up with us getting Karis LeVert, which That was a good pickup. Fat bro. And which initially, I mean, shit, your ass didn't hear the end of it from me. I'm over here like, championship, championship, championship. And I thought that was the best trade that was going to happen. I didn't know if, uh, you know what I mean, Ben Simmons and, um, what do you call them? Harden were going to get get traded at that point, you know what I mean? We'll yeah. get into all that. We'll get it,
0: that's what I was going to say. We're going to build up but, like by intensity the block.
1: But just the way that that first happened, right? It was like, "Oh shit, this is a wild ass trade. Like this is crazy." Mm-hmm. And then the Sacramento
0: indie deal happens. Yeah, it seems like every trade deadline Sacramento is doing some stupid shit to fuck up their team even worse. <laughs> like how have bro, go through when you have time, obviously not right now. When you have yeah. time, go through the uh Sacramento Kings Reddit uh or subreddit
1: Damn, they they have it?
0: Bro, every post in the last 24 hours has been, I'm done with this pre- uh, franchise. Hey, so, guys, what's your new favorite team? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck the Kings, blah, 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 Like, that's what you get for putting a fucking professional sports team in Sacramento. I mean, bro, all
1: right, so to, just to give y'all some context, the Kings ended up trading Tyrese Halliburton, who was a franchise cornerstone in the fucking making. Probably,
0: Probably their best draft pick in the last, like, 10 years.
1: not nah, facts, dead ass. And on top of that, it's just like... He said he wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. You guys said that when there's no way in hell we're trading him. And then y'all end up moving him. Everybody thought it was going to be De'Aaron Fox and Buddy yeah. Hill that's moved. And it's like,
0: bro, not only do you move him, but you move him to the Pacers. This man has to move from Sacramento to Indianapolis. I'm to sorry, Andy, that's just sidebar. But like, nah, I mean, bro, dead <laughs> ass. This dude goes from the West Coast to the middle of fucking nowhere. It is like, bro, like, I, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, like, I just feel like, He's starting to come into his own. He's in his, what, second year? Second year. Second year, like. Bro, he's balling this year, But by, so by, by this time next year, I feel like he would have made the Sacramento Kings name a lot more relevant in the headlines because he had, like, an interview post-game, I think it was two weeks ago, like, like a couple days before he got traded, where um, he basically mentioned that, yeah, I want to build this franchise from the ground up. I want to get it out the mud. Anytime a player says that, usually works out. Because they fucking mean that shit. They don't just say that shit. You know what I mean? Just say it, yeah. No, so, right. I mean, I feel like him going to Indiana now is going to be even more motivated. But the only problem is Indiana is getting rid of all their pieces. So they're starting from scratch, bro. So we're probably not going to hear his name really mentioned in, within the next couple of years. And then, like, all of a sudden, Indiana is going to, like, rebuild. And then he's going to be a veteran or some shit. And then that's when we're really going to see who Tyrese Halliburton develops. Into. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to follow him because I'm not going to follow the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Nah, but facts, I'll see, like, if he's doing good, I'll, I'll hear about it.
1: You see, the crazy thing about that trade, bro, I just feel like both teams moved sideways.
0: Yeah, it's like none of y'all got better.
1: At all. Like, at all. You know what I mean? But, hey, man, I guess you can't fucking, uh... I don't know, bro. That's like the definition of what players always be talking about. You know what I mean? This really is a fucking dirty... Like, when players move, it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. But a fucking franchise can just turn turn around and be like, yeah, never mind, we don't want you no more.
0: Perfect example, and this is a good segue, Um, Andre Drummond. In the yeah. offseason, he signed a one-year deal with the Sixers with the intention of them retaining him. Um, and then this was supposed to be like a contract year for him to prove himself. And they have the cap space to sign him if, 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 if you know he does well this year or whatever. Um, so basically, they promised him that he was going to stay the year. And today, they trade him. But, see, that's different, though, bro, because it's y- like— You have the opportunity to get hardened. It's like business. It. No, nah, it's a byproduct of the Harden trade. Like, if yeah. that Harden
1: trade didn't— Because at the end of the day, bro, they lost Seth Curry, too. Which, first of all, I think Seth is going to a great, great situation in Brooklyn. But, real quick, before we get to that, uh, before we get to the main fucking shit that happened today, bro, the Blazers sent CJ to fucking New Orleans— Again, going from one
0: losing poverty franchise to another losing poverty
1: franchise (laughs) to a worse lose. I mean, granted, if I'm CJ, I'm like, because see, you know what? CJ's playing now, bro. He's playing
0: that Eric Gordon role. Exactly, man. Like, I I see what David Griffin's trying to do, but I don't think it's going to work. Like, a a big three of Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum ain't scared no fucking body.
1: At all? I mean, you mean just Brandon Ingram, a hopeful return of Zion? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can you really include CJ in a big three? He's he's never been an all-star. Nah, you can't. You know, what
1: right? Mean? <laughs> like, but but hey, but he'd be a solid six, man. I just don't know if he'll buy into that, bro. You Cj I mean? Cj
0: McCollum is the new Era Monte Ellis. Man, that's a that's a wild way to look they at it. The same exact way, bro. Like it's it's not like conducive to winning. He's a very good player. Like I, like I I do admire his talent. Like I would say Cj's less selfish than Monte though. He's definitely less selfish than Monte, but like he's definitely score first. I need the ball in my hands, type player. Like let me just get you a bucket. And I feel like we have too many of those players. Like hey, a bro, lot of those players don't lead to like wins, bro.
1: But I'll say this though. I kind of see what Portland's doing just in, as far as stacking up young assets. You know what I mean? Like especially like cuz I think the I think there's the writing on the wall is that Anfrey Simons is their is
0: their future. So what's what is Dame? Dame still like I'm not running from the grind. Bro, if I'm Dame, bro, get me the fuck out of here. You feel me? I feel like Dame he's not saying that he wants to stay in Portland to Get it out the mud. Nobody fucking believes that. <laughs> he's staying in Portland because he's comfortable. Yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's a coastal. Is it a coastal city? It is a coastal city. It's a coastal city, not too far up from Oakland, his hometown. Yep, he Still has on the West Coast. this man has like three kids. He's married. He's been with this franchise. Yeah, he three kids. Yeah, he's been with this franchise that drafted him. Since, what, when was he drafted, 2012. 2010? 20, 2012. Yeah, 2012. So that's 10 years he's been living in this city yeah. and within this community. He's comfortable with his kids. He's making a Supermax contract. He's with a franchise that can get him another Supermax contract, a.k.a. generational wealth. Yeah. the fuck does he care about a ring for? He's just saying that to the media to make it seem like, yeah, 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 I'm down <laughs> for this shit. <laughs> but nah, no, he comfortable and you want to stay comfortable. That's it. Hey, that's, that's, that's my opinion on it. No, nah, that's,
1: hey, that's a great point, bro. Like, honestly... Got to think like when you're at that level though, like how much do rings really matter? Like, granted, I like they do. You know what I mean? But like you said, bro, you have the chance of generational wealth or get a fucking ring.
0: See, nigga, like me, man, like (laughs) as soon as I got drafted, I wouldn't give a fuck about winning a ring. Like, bro, I got (laughs) I got fifty million in my bank account. (laughs) Oh, I don't have a ring. Ooh, boo! (laughs) Like, who cares, dog? (laughs) You really gotta have that dog. Like something different in you, like the Kobe's and the Lebrons and everybody else who want a ring. Yeah. You gotta have something different in you to like. See past the money, but I feel like the majority of the NBA—I'd say seventy percent of it—doesn't give a fuck about winning a ring. If it happens, cool. But I'm not. But going, they're I'm not, not going, out see. seeking it. They just want to have a solid career, make some good money, and pass some money down to their kids.
1: I mean, a lot of people are just happy to be there, bro. Exactly. Bro, another like slept on trade that went under the fucking radar. You guys got Tori uh, Craig
0: back. Oh, he was with y'all before. Yeah, bro, he was. In the- he was playing in the finals last year. Was he really? Yeah. Damn, yeah, I'm tra- Craig off our bench, bro. He fits perfectly. He already knows the system. Mon- Monty fucks with him. I'm sure Monty was vouching for him to come back. Yeah. He was so good off our bench. Bro, why'd y'all trade him? Just, was it uh, was, he a, was he a free agent this summer? I forgot why we traded him, to be honest. Um, I think he was involved in the uh, Landry-Shamit trade, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Got you, got you, got you, got you.
0: Well, either way, very underrated pickup for y'all. Yeah, because we traded for Shamit in the offseason when his contract was already, like, expiring, and then we signed him. Damn, okay, we, we, okay. We signed him for, like, two years, and then we lost Tor But now we got him back, so it's perfect. So now our bench is complete. We're coming for you, Larry O'Brien.
1: Hey, man. Shoot. We gonna get to the... We gonna, we, we gonna get to the Larry O'Brien talks in a sec, but, uh... Another, and then... Obviously, there was, like, a lot of little... You know what I mean? Little pickups. Like, I, I thought the Celtics and the fucking Spurs swapping uh, Josh Richardson and Derek White. hmm Josh Richardson... Him being a defensive minded type player fits kind of perfect with Pop, and Derek White gives the fucking Spurs like another, uh, not the Spurs, the Celtics, Celtics. another uh, playmakers slash guy that can get it on his own.
0: I forgot Josh Richardson was on the Celtics.
1: I did too until so I seen this trade. I don't know why, bro. Seeing Josh Richardson and Green, just it's kind of like seeing Harden and Green. There's,
0: there's certain players in Green just doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, like remember that one summer before they got Gordon Hayward, the Celtics were trying to get Harden. Yeah. Like, I can't see him in that color. <laughs> I just I can see him in
1: white, but yeah. I just I can't. I'm not going to lie. Even Dennis
0: Schroeder, I'm like, it's still kind of weird seeing him. It here. is,
1: bro. It is, I mean, yeah, bro. Like, it really Especially is. Especially because he was with the Lakers last year. But see, here's the thing. Rondo didn't look weird in the Lakers uniform. In the Celtic uniform. He was Celtics. He was uh, Lakers. He went to the fucking... I feel like there's, like, cognitive bias when it's, like, the team that drafted him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah he's,
0: he wasn't traded there.
1: Yeah, nah, true that, true that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. And then, obviously, there was, like, a bunch of little trades that happened That's you know, in my, in my mind, it's meaningless because <laughs> as long as you're the top four in each conference not even top four to keep it a buck with you there's only three four team, three teams out of the fucking east that's really gonna make it and only two teams out the fucking west that's actually gonna make it but that brings us to our fucking trade that just happened today Ben Simmons for fucking Harden but not even just straight up it was Ben Simmons Seth Curry fucking um, Andre Drummond and two draft picks for Harden
0: yeah they, they gave up a lot.
1: They gave up a lot. Like, I really thought that it, it was going to it was gonna be the other way around. I thought the Nets were going to have to give some picks, and you know what I mean? But
0: Sean Marks is smart. Sean Marks is the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, who arranged the trade to get Harden out of there. Yeah. Daryl Morey is the GM of the 76ers, um, who was also the GM of the Rockets, like, two years ago. So he knows Harden. And he, wants, he, he wanted Harden from the get-go. Bro, I feel it, but now you got to think but about it. But I think I think he was under too much pressure, man, because because of all the whole situation. There were reports that Joel Embiid was pressuring him to get rid of Ben Simmons. Like we don't we, we don't need this fucking distraction anymore. Please get rid of him by the deadline. Yeah. And it's like if your star player is telling you that you got to listen, you, you got to listen. listen, right? And it's like okay, like Daryl Morey ever since this past summer, since uh, Ben Simmons just choked it in the playoffs, and you know like trade rumors started swirling around. He's like, I'm just going to hold out until I see, I hear an offer for a superstar That's what swap it. for Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. We spent the past six months where teams were throwing offers left and right, but it wasn't what they were looking for. It got to a point where I'm like, bro, you're never going to hear a superstar or all-star name in exchange for Ben Simmons. It's just not going to happen. So you're just going to have to write this out. Yeah. Right? I was wrong. So like, like, the Nets needed to get rid of Harden and it's like, I feel like if you're Daryl Morey, I just put myself in his shoes. Like, the fact that you held out that long for a star player, and now you had a trade proposal for a star player, and you got your franchise player telling you to get rid of this guy, yeah. you got to pounce on it. And then Sean Marks, knowing that, knows he has leverage. Oh, he got full advantage of this He trade. has leverage. Like, bro, I'm giving you Harden, like, arguably a top five player. Yeah, yeah, And I'm taking Ben Simmons, a player who pouted and just sat on the bench, right? I need more. I need more, bro. I need more. So he just used that leverage in the moment at the trade deadline to get Drummond and Seth Curry. Because I guarantee you, two or three months ago... That wouldn't happen. Daryl Morey would not have given all that up for James Harden. He wouldn't. I, I, bro, I mean, even if you give He would have been like, no, just Ben Simmons for Harden straight up. They're all-stars. Bro,
1: even, even outside of that, bro, fucking... You're not adding two picks on top of the two players that you added with Ben Simmons. Yeah. You know what I mean? And see, that brings me to another, uh, to another point. Like, we we're talking about it a bit off air. Like, the Brooklyn Nets really traded... Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen to get Harden. Now they got Ben Simmons, Curry, two picks, and fucking uh Drummond. So in retrospect, you got to look at it as from, you know what I mean, from the uh, Brooklyn Nets front office's perspective, I they kind of saved face on losing, like I always say, arguably a
0: top five center in the league. Yeah, Jared Allen. Along with Karis LeVert, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so they, yeah, they turned... Karis, Levert, and Harden into... No, nah, Karis, Levert, and Allen. Karis, Levert, Allen, and Harden. No, nah, Allen was just... A, uh, Harden was just a middle yeah, man. Yeah, because he, he was... Okay, got it. You, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, bro, like... They wow. saved face, though. But it's like you gave, you gave like, the players in both trades to, like, Eastern Conference rivals who yeah. you could very well see in the playoffs and they could bounce you with the players you traded to them. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> bro, I mean, that gets you think Like, when we talk about, like, executive of the year... Bro, it has to be fucking Kobe Altman, bro, because I sit back and I'm just like, this dude really traded Dante Exum in a second round pick for Jared Allen. Yeah, they're going to give it to him this year because nobody expected the Cavs to be as good. But even, bro, not nah, being good has to do with the fuck with JB Bickerstaff. Yeah. But as far as assembling this roster? No, well, yeah, because JB Bickerstaff. Obviously, they work hand in hand. You're right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like JB Bickerstaff can't do shit if the roster is not his good. His ass. Yeah. But I mean,
1: bro, but still, JB has a lot to do with this team's success. Like, bro, you got to you eat our starting five, right? Mm. We have legitimately three people who could be the center focal point of a franchise. Now, with Karras, you—that's that, about four. Yeah. For you to be able to get these players to buy in on a team-first mentality, you're
0: following the Phoenix Suns blueprint. Literally, bro. Hey, man. Honestly, like Mikhail Bridges, bro. That was a top 20 pick in the first. Like, you could build a franchise around right him. You could you really? see what? You, bro, he's he's very capable offensively. But the reason why he's an elite defensive player and glue guy is yeah. because that's what we need from him, as from our franchise. You know what I mean? But on draft night twenty eighteen, if the trade between like the Sixers and Suns never happened, or it's like if he ended up with a poverty franchise, he would have been asked to do something different, and we would have seen a different player. Damn, okay. You know what I mean? So that's that's the blueprint, bro. You like, think Mikkel could have went down like the Miles Bridges route? He could have, yeah, but he had the talent to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, I dude, mean, he still can. Like, we're, we're talking about it. like he had the like talent, old.
0: yeah. Like, he was, he was always going to be a good two-way player. But we just don't need as much from him on offense now.
1: Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, y'all got a lot. I mean, shit, bro. Inter- interesting, interesting trade deadline, bro. That brings me to, you know what I mean, the cha- Like you was talking about earlier, the Larry O'Brien trophy and who who's really going to be in contention. Yeah, and
0: after this, we'll switch to another topic for those of you that don't give a fuck about them.
1: <laughs> nah, for real. Um, <laughs> but not, like, like dead ass, bro. Like, outside of the West, it's going to be you or the Warriors. You know what I mean? The sons of the Warriors are coming out. After this Philly trade, I'm not going to lie, bro. I look at fucking Philly as actually a problem now. You know what I mean? I'm not really worried about fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, they got Bentham. You know what I mean? That's, that's cool and all. But the fact that you gave Joel Embiid Harden, not even that Philly got Harden. You gave Joel Embiid Harden. Yeah. It's going to cause some problems, bro. Like,
0: they're they're going to be. There's no way they're not going to be good together.
1: You, like, you feel me? Yeah. Like, they're both iso-type players in different areas of the fucking court.
0: Yeah, and Harden is a facilitator. You feel me? Yeah, and the... pro- an even better facilitator than Ben Simmons is, let's be honest. He's a better facilitator than Ben Simmons is. At, at this point in his career, yeah. And? But, oh my God, he can shoot. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't have to worry about a lefty point guard being fucking too much of a bitch to shoot.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, bro. It ain't even that you can't shoot. It's you. You. you're, you're too pussy. You're willing to not shoot, bro. You're you you literally get your energy up, son. <laughs> I, dude, I'm sorry. I lost all respect for Ben Simmons.
0: Like After more power to right. him. Like I, I hope he continues his success. I don't want to proud anybody's downfall. Yeah. But like, I just lost a whole bunch of just as like as a man, bro. Like, bro, like. Y- Come on, bro. You couldn't just go back and face what happened? Yeah. Literally. You couldn't go back and face the music, just take accountability.
1: I'm not going to lie, bro. You know what finals matchup now, like, I need? Yeah. Not a finals matchup. What the fuck? A a playoff matchup. I don't care what round it happens in. I need a Philly-Brooklyn matchup. Because you realize how bad it's going to be for Ben Simmons to pull up in Philly. And and they they both got a chance. Bro, they both got a chance to siege, especially with Brooklyn dropping so low. You know what I mean? Ben
0: Simmons is going to be conveniently injured if that happens.
1: he's like I'm not playing any of the home uh, oh games. sore
0: right elbow oh uh, out two to four weeks indefinitely
1: <laughs> oh comes back for game three and four. Oh, uh, oh I'm out again like
0: oh uh, next round I'm healthy <laughs> <laughs> what did Chuck say he's like uh, with Harden oh uh, <laughs> yeah like, oh yeah he traded he's healthy now <laughs> <laughs> see now nah, bro that
1: gets you thinking even from fucking KD and Kyrie's perspective right like I get it like obviously um, yeah we gonna wrap up this fucking basketball bullshit but uh, <laughs> as far as like That team, like, bro, they only played 16 games together, and they went 13-3. and Like, we'll never know the full potential, like, that full potential of that team.
0: I don't really care about knowing the full potential of them. Fuck them. I don't don't ever need to see three superstars on one team ever again as long as I'm watching the NBA. Like, please don't make it happen. Please. Like, no. Like, three already established superstars... Like working behind the scenes, this motherfucker do exactly what I was about well, to say. Yeah, too. no, like not, not <laughs> developing. I know, and like, no, not like three superstars behind <laughs> the scenes. Like, yeah, let's all go join the same team. I'm gonna force my way out. I'm gonna call Rich Paul. Like, no, yeah, 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 that shit is fucking toxic for the league. It's gonna ruin the NBA. I don't need to see that shit ever It's yet. not organic, bro. Like, Ben Simmons being a bitch, I better not see no, no other NBA player acting like that at all. I mean,
1: Zion might, bro. Because this motherfucker sees Cam Reddish and RJ having fun in New York. He's like, I want to go hang out with my bro, friends. Bro, fuck
0: fun. You're getting paid, bro. You, <laughs> like, you're not there to have fun. Like, you're playing basketball because it's your job. It's work. I, I hate my job, too, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck. I, I'm sick of these niggas, bro. They're so entitled, bro.
1: That it, Bro, you know what? You're not wrong, bro.
0: You're fucking not like, wrong. Bro, this is your job.
1: You got, yeah. And you're getting paid this much, too? You're getting paid millions, Bro to shoot a fucking basketball and you over here holding out because you can't fucking face the crowd. Yeah, like You can't face the team that you quit on in the fucking playoffs. That's the crazy thing about it. You bitched out, and then now you kicked and cried your way out. Like, what the fuck you think Brooklyn's going to do when they fucking uh, they get the Ben Simmons that Philly just had? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was talking
0: to my dad about this. Good luck. Crazy.
1: My bad, bro. Good luck walking around New York. After choking again, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, Brooklyn. Like, come on, bro.
0: You better not be scared to shoot in the fourth quarter in Brooklyn
1: at all, bro. <laughs> like, what? He's like, I got KD and Kyrie. They don't got to fuck. I don't got to worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a fucking cop out, bro. I don't know.
0: I I don't, I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna last in the league if he keeps up his attitude, at all, bro. But he's like, he's getting his chance now. But what happens if KD or Kyrie are injured and you're in the conference finals or whatever, and they need you to score? And you don't. And like we're gonna be like, okay, he was out for eight months straight, didn't play a single NBA game. He had off season plus an extended off season to how, practice. How, how come he's not shooting still?
1: Yeah, yeah, bro, that's one of them. Like, I mean, shit, bro. That
0: just means you're half assing your job, and any employer should fucking fire you. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you're in the NBA or doing whatever, nigga. You're underperforming.
1: See, if I now, hey, let me ask you this: If I was Daryl Morey, right? Yeah, you want that. Um, you you want that superstar and Harden? But what about that trade that fucking Indy did? Indy did with a uh, Sacramento. Obviously, add a couple more packages, but Ben Simmons for uh, Ben Simmons and whatever you gave uh, besides Seth Curry, but for Buddy Hield, um, Tyrese Halliburton, and, and whatever else was around it, that would have actually been a solid long term. I think Daryl Morey did the right
0: thing. He got the.
1: I mean, he did the only thing he could do. Yeah. Cause let me ha- let me ask you this, bro. He fucks around trades Ben Simmons for Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hill. The league's gonna be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I'm not gonna
0: lie. They are gonna have to unleash Cor- Furcon Corkmaz now. <laughs> man, he's just waiting. That man Hey, Corkmaz
1: is, is nice, bro. He's like a better version of Fournier. Yeah. Like I forgot where I heard it, bro. But it's uh, I heard this shit about Fournier. It's so fucking true, bro. Fournier will have you give you like a godly game one every seven games. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like this dude is nice, but he's nice like once every seven games, yep. and it's it's, it's it's wild, bro. Get your. He's lazy. I mean, shit, bro. It's, it's that New York. It, it, I don't know what it is. It's that Knicks vibe, bro. That Knicks
0: got him fucked up. Yeah. All right. Enough NBA talk. <laughs> shit, man. Once we get into Evan Fournier, that's how I know. It. It's, it's, it's time. <laughs> we dragging it. We
1: dragging it. <laughs> Yo, we talking about Evan Fournier now. Okay. okay. Man. <laughs> so now, nah, hey. So to switch gears, bro. Um. You know, us be both being immigrants, us having family overseas or whatnot. You know, what I mean, we've uh, we've taken trips back and forth before. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've uh, back to the motherland. Back to the, back to our back to our respective motherlands, You feel me? But um, what are the main differences between when you was visiting home as a kid versus now?
0: Um, you know what? I was like, I thought of this topic, but like, I didn't even think about what how I was gonna answer it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like forced to say something on the fly. Um. Organic. Uh, Yeah. Or, hey, 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 good job. (laughs) (laughs) Numbers. (laughs) Nah, but I think, uh, I would answer that by saying, um, the biggest difference in what I've learned, like, going back home when I was younger versus like, as I've gotten older, is, as like, I've gotten older, I've noticed, or I've started to realize why my parents uh, did that for me. Like, why they set up trips for me to go every year when I was a kid. And, you know, going back home and like living amongst extreme poverty for like a month or two, and then coming back and be like, "Oh, my bed is so comfortable, man, and shit like that." You know what I mean? It gives you a different worldview. Um, I feel like now it's easier for me to like, you know, be grateful for everything that I have because I always have a point of reference to go back to. I have my aunts and uncles and you know grandparents that are living in poverty and that my, that rely on my dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes me realize how lucky I am. Because if circumstances were different, I could have been just amongst them as a dirty little street kid running around Africa. You know what I mean? I so it. if it wasn't for like a small chance of luck that had you know my family end up here, yeah, I wouldn't have like the type of luxury that I have now, like the education that I've had, you know, the uh, the roof over my head that I have. Um. So yeah, it's like every day, like it makes me like appreciative of the little things. Okay. Um, and I feel like I started getting on that early, like earlier than most people would start to appreciate the little things for sure. Yeah, I'd say I was probably like 15, 16 when that realization came about. Damn. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, shit, bro. I, I I agree
1: with everything you just said, bro. I would say the biggest thing you gave me was perspective. You know what I mean? Like, granted, I didn't go back as often as you did because you said you went back what every summer. Yeah, I
0: started going back. No, no, every other summer. Every other summer? Since 03, basically.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. So when we had first came, just because we were still, uh, you know what I mean, with our whole visa situation or whatnot, we weren't allowed to, like, leave the country like that, you know what I mean? Because then it would just be harder to come back. So I went one time after we first came. I went one time in, in 03. Um, and obviously, like, you know what I mean? You're fucking... Eight years old, you, you you don't perspectives don't make sense. You think, oh shit, I'm in America. America is dope as fuck. Like, yeah. oh, I'm in India. I'm with family. It's dope as f-. you know what I mean. You don't really see the differences like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But then after 03, the next time, uh, next time I went was I think two thousand nine, and that's when I started seeing like, How or understanding the differences. Not even seeing it, understanding it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And understanding like, damn, bro, like. You know, my life really is different back home. And then I think it and then after oh nine, I think I only went like maybe three times after that. But the one experience that really got me was um two of my cousins ended up going to boarding school out there. One of them uh from Italy, rest in peace, Nikki man, fucking we miss you, bro. Rest in peace. Um his fucking death anniversary was just yesterday, actually. But um Yeah, man. He he grew up in uh in Italy. And he got in, he ended up, he was born and raised in Italy and then ended up getting sent to boarding school out in India. So seeing him and talking to him about the lifestyle out there and how much he missed being, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like Italy ate, like, you know what I mean? His life in Italy wasn't the greatest. People think about Italy and they're like, oh, you must be rich. Like, nah, bro. Yeah. The dude was, regardless, the type of life that he had there, bro. He used to tell me all the time, man, like, he missed that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's different when you're born somewhere, you grow up. Like, this dude was, like, a Mac out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, culturally, the difference is there's, su- there's such a huge difference between the two places. Yeah. So seeing that, like, I guess you could say to an extent, like, I looked at him as what would happen if I just got raised in India. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, I could have ended up, like, any one of my 20 cousins. You feel me? Yeah. But. Exactly. Like, I just look at my cousins because I
0: have. A cousin that me and him are like this, bro. Every yeah. time I'm out there, like that's my chaperone. <laughs> that's who I follow <laughs> around everywhere. Like me and him are a month apart, bro. So he's he's born in November.
1: He's the same hey, age as me. I feel that, bro. That's just like my cousin Jerry, man. Shout out to Jerry. Yeah. One so, month
0: apart. So it is different. And it's like me and him is like, bro, like we have so many similarities. Cause like uh his mom and my dad are like like two years apart. They're direct siblings. Okay, okay. And uh yeah, man, I just look at him and I'm like, bro, I could have been I could have been him if I if, you know, we again we didn't get lucky and get our visas to come here. So Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't get, bro.
1: Like being a first generation, it's the amount of luck that it takes. Obviously there's different degrees, like you know what I mean? Like your situation was a lot different than my situation, you feel me? But um at the end of the day, it's still an element of luck that resulted in both of the our families even being out here, yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, people don't get that. You know what I mean?
0: We, like, we never planned on
1: coming here. It was just, oh at oh all. shit!
0: Oh shit! We got because it was like the lottery visa. Okay. Like, okay. They just like the random from a random pool of immigrants who's gonna come based on. Damn, that's different. Yeah. So it's like there was really like a small chance of us getting here. Real quick.
1: I mean, shit, bro. Explain that to the viewers. Like, you know, what I mean, a lot of people to be don't honest, know though, about this process. Like, that. like I don't know the full details of it. I'm just
0: gonna keep it honest. So I'm just gonna share what I know. Um, but what I do know is that like, you got. A pool of applicants because there's every year there's a bunch of people from all over the world try to get to America and better their life, right? So, you have like a pool of applicants from, I guess they divide it by section like the Middle East and Asia and like Europe and like Africa, like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you got a pool of applicants from each region that apply for visas or, you know, basically the right to come here and work as American citizens.
1: Are there certain criteria that you gotta meet? I mean, that you know of there in order
0: to be considered as an applicant. They say no. They say it's a lottery, so it's like a random selection. But I think they have a criteria. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know what the criteria is, but, you know, like, at the time, it was like, when my dad signed up, it was like a year before I was born, it was, ni- no, no, it was after I was born, it was like 96, a year before my sister was born. Okay, okay, okay. Um, He signed up, and he it wasn't even something he was out seeking. Um, One of his friends slash cousins like talked him into it and he said all right fuck it let me just put my name that's crazy everybody else didn't get it and he got it and it's like oh shit bro that's uh, why do i he... really want to go
1: if he never had that conversation with his cousin
0: exactly he's like do i really want to go it's like so he, he ended up just saying "Fuck it, I'm coming yeah. set up shop figured it out like like some like my dad was a linguistics major so he already like was versed in english okay okay like, okay you had to learn it from scratch type shit so he just said you know what Hey, let's, just, he, let's just do it and see what happens. Can't be any worse than here. <laughs> hey,
1: did he uh, did he get that major in Sudan or did he go over uh, outside of the country? Nah, there? he went. He he
0: got it at the University of Khartoum. Khartoum is the capital of Sudan. Okay, okay, so, yeah, okay. That's where
1: he got it. Damn, that's crazy, bro. The amount of layers of luck just within that story.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. You,
1: you got to get the. You, you got your uncle who even talked to him about thinking about it. Then he had to think about it and it ponder. It wasn't even something
0: on his radar. Yeah. So shout out to Unc, man.
1: Nah, facts, bro. I mean, bro, like us coming out here completely different than you, bro. Like my mom actually, um, she had gotten like a six month job offer out here, and then um, came out here. You know what I mean? This is this. I want to say this is like '99, maybe. And then after those six months, we went back to India, and then a couple months later, they just randomly called her and they're like, "Yeah, like we'll, we'll bring you on full time if you want to move your family out here." Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: And it's like, whoa.
1: It, it's like, bro, what the fuck? Because yeah. you got to think too, like, especially from a place like India, yep. the second most populated place in the world, the amount of, that's why you see so many Indians in Europe, bro. Mm-hmm. Especially like England, because it's like those, obviously granted, like Eng, like England's university. um, Oxford University? Yeah, Oxford, but like all their universities out there have a lot richer history of bringing in foreign people. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Uh, like America. America, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's like with Indians, like everybody's dream is to make it to fucking America. But then it's, you know what I mean? They end up dispersing to different places because it's like, all right, if I don't get my first option, I'm not just about to still stay in India. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But again, that's not to the say there's some like, you know what I mean? My country is fucking over the years has actually been developing and fucking turning into a, you know what I mean? Changing face and it's beautiful to fucking see. But um, going back to what I was saying, it's just there's so like in, within. Indians trying to come to America. There's so many applicants in such little like spaces. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many people trying to get their hand in this American pie. So this, in that terms too, bro, the amount of luck that took for that. But it's crazy. Both of us being out here from two two very different ways of coming here, mm-hmm. and it, it it just goes to show, bro. Like you never know. You know what I mean? The amount of luck that it really takes. For situations to work out, which kind of raises the bar and the reason for why you got to succeed out here.
0: Yeah, bro. Because, yeah, that's the thing. That was my biggest motivation. It's like, bro, like, fuck I look like fucking this up. And, like, we're, like, out of my entire family. Wow. So, like, my whole family back home is closed. Every time I go back home, not only do I see my grandma, who's, like, my last living grandparent, I see, like, my aunts, my uncles. They all have hella kids. And I see that, like, they're, like, my mom's cousins and second cousins. Yeah, and yeah. like great, like they are, they all get together all the time, and they all live like within close proximity of each other. Yeah, okay, because okay. like, if people know anything about like African history, it's like tribal. So it's like with us, like even generations later, like we just maintain close family contacts, and like a bunch of Sudanese people are the same exact way too. It's just like our culture, like you yeah, yeah. just stay close knit as a family and a, like a tribe type of thing. You have like, your clan, yeah, you know. Yeah. So to see people out there, man, it's like. Out of all those people, which is like you're counting, you're you're talking 150 to 200 people at least, you know, like my dad and, you know, his wife and kids were the only people to make it that got an opportunity like to come to like the Western world and earn money. And it's like as a result of that, the amount of like people that are relying on my pops to like send the money and shit. And he's not getting any younger, man. And it's like the older I get, the more I realize that like he's not going to be around forever. Like me, I'm the firstborn son, but like like it all falls on you when he's when he's gone. It's gonna all fall on me, and I've known that since I was like 13, 14 years old, bro. And that's that's, the, that's been the number one single motivating factor for everything I've done. And that's crazy too, bro. Being the only son, like the fact
1: that it's not even that you got to make sure your family, like your immediate family, is good. Like I like I you know like
0: I'm gonna have people relying on me. Like it's 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 not something I can hide from or run away from, but it's just something I'm gonna have to. Like, what I can do that's in my control is put myself in the best position to fucking be able to provide for them.
1: I mean, bro, you a deal, son, bro. They looking at you like, come on now. I mean, bro, like, do you even think, you're, you even think your little brother got that kind of pressure? Or he's more... No, even, he does to
0: a degree, but, like, nah, nah, nah. But
1: not, like, he's more free to be much. who he wants to be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Damn, bro, there's levels to this shit, man. Yeah. Let's
0: see. Yeah, bro, like, hey, all the only... But it's not something I'm, like, running away from, you know what I mean? It's something I embrace. yeah. Because, like, yeah, dude, I want to help my people. I'm in a position to, like, like give my people, like, a little piece of what I was able to, like, get lucky from here. Yeah, So, I was like, I got no choice. Like, what the fuck do I look like being a bum out here, bro? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what type of what t- what type of embarrassment do I look like if I'm just out here bumming and not doing shit with my life? You know? Because at that point, it's like you could have done
1: that back home. Exactly. Like <laughs> I got the opportunity to be out here. You came all the way to America to be broke. Yeah. But, hey, I'll, I'll say on the other side, right, like, I was watching this academics interview, uh the one that just came out on Vlad, and he was talking about him being a Jamaican immigrant or whatnot, and it's crazy because one of the things he had said, it really struck with me because he was talking about how back in Jamaica, right, they, you know what I mean, they weren't rich by any means, but they had land, mm-hmm. they lived in a house, him, all his brothers and sisters, you know what I mean, I think it was like three of them, they each had their own room, mm-hmm. their mom had a room, their dad, you know what I mean, like, it was a big spot they would eat off the land hunt their food all that stuff right he's like bro like we hear my mom is in uh, my mom goes to america and she's bringing us out there so when her and her, uh, when him and his brother are on the flight they're like damn bro like we're going to america this that they end up in fucking new york and they're like yo what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. bro we left a five bedroom house on fucking acres of land to come live in a fucking two bedroom apartment complex
0: yeah in the middle of fucking
1: like <laughs> you know Queens, I mean? like you, you feel me? And he's thinking, like, damn, bro, this is the American dream. Yeah, no, like New York,
0: They might, like, bro, we landed in New York when we first came to America. Yeah, like first thing my dad thought I was like, fuck this. <laughs> like, like what type of dream is this? It? But it's like, yeah, you gotta have the resilience to work your way up from that. You know what I mean? And get the opportunity. Yep. Yeah, like, bro, okay, I'm here for a reason. Let but, me just not make my first impression my end all be all.
1: But nah, hey, so I brought all that up to say, like, it's wild. Like people don't understand how much you could have. Outside of America, exactly. especially if you go with having American money, bro, you could exactly talk about gener- generational wealth would be like a six figure income here.
0: I'll give you the perfect example, bro. Like I have a cousin. So like I said, like out of my entire family, like my dad was the only one to come to the Western world. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't have like family members and like because um, Sudan is in like like really close proximity to like um, the Gulf countries like Saudi Arabia and like Dubai. Yeah, so yeah. I have a bunch of family that like leave Sudan and go there because it's easier to get there. So they go there for like job opportunities. So like I have a cousin that lives in Dubai and she has a like a husband and like five kids. And I used to like go out them, like go out there like every year and visit them on my way to Sudan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would always talk to me about like, man, we want to come to America. And I would see them. I'm like, they're living pretty comfortable here. Like, I mean, in, in, in Dubai. Yeah. Like definitely like they're living a lot better than we are here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, for what? Why do y'all want to come to America? Like, you're already comfortable over there. You've already met your goal of, you know, leaving Sudan, yeah. right, and setting up a friendly life, and you're already used to it. Like, I'm trying to tell them, bro, there's no fucking need to come out here. <laughs> like, there's none. Like, what you think you're going to get from coming out here, you're really not going to get it. Cause then at that America point, is on the decline. I'm sorry. I love this country, but it's on the decline. bro.
1: Because, bro, you got to also think, like, not only are you coming here, like, thinking you're getting this better life and whatnot, and when in most situations, like, it is a better life. But like you said, if it's somebody that's already established elsewhere, it's like, do you really want to pick up and like learn a whole new culture?
0: Yeah, and it's like not only that, but you're, you're not just coming to America as an immigrant. You're coming to America as a as a black person. You know what I mean? So like that, like off rip, that makes it harder for you. Yeah. You know. So I'm just like with things like that, man, going back to the original point, people don't realize you can build a great life or the the American dream is possible outside of America.
1: It is. It is. I mean, shit, bro, all the American dream is is, like, being comfortable and setting your family up for success in the future. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean?
0: Just wealth and just minding your business. That's the American dream.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need that white picket fence. Get you a brown picket fence. Yeah, you literally. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, man. When uh, What's it called? When do you plan on uh, going back the next? I know you were supposed to go recently.
0: I was supposed to go, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're supposed to be in Sudan right now. But uh, there's, like, a political...
0: There's political turmoil right now, for those of you that don't know, like two years ago we ousted <laughs> <laughs> back. All right. Two years ago we ousted a dictator that was in power for thirty years. Um, in the two years since then there's been a transitional government and there's been a bunch of infighting between the military and the transitional government. The military had people that were like corrupt that were in cahoots with the old uh, dictatorship regime, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the transitional civilian government was trying to get those people out. Long story short, short story long, the the military now strong armed the civilians the fuck out of there, and so they got full control of the government now. And there's people in the streets protesting every single day for the past two months. You won't hear shit about it on like the national news media or anywhere else for that matter. But it's been going on for the past two months. Whole country's been protesting. So, like, major roads, bridges, highways, all that shit is, like, shut down. It's a bitch to move around. Like, any airline you want to, like, fly in, like, there's still flights in and out of Sudan. Yeah. But, like, the COVID rules are more stringent because of the political turmoil. Got you. And in order to get, like, a COVID test out there, it ain't just as easy as getting it out here, bro. You can't just go to a CVS and get an at-home test. You got to fucking, like, take out an entire day. To go get God. a COVID test. You Damn. know what I
1: mean? You probably got to chalk out hella money too. Especially so with, they know you you American. Exactly. You're
0: going to get taxed for that COVID test. With Omarion <laughs> breakdancing around the world, infecting everybody. <laughs> and with the political crisis, I just figured right now wouldn't be the best time. So I'm just like waiting on shit to kind of calm down before I go back. But I do want to go see my grandma. It's the only reason why I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, how old is she right now? Uh, She's in her late 80s, bro. She's my last surviving grandparent. Like Damn. my mom. Both both her parents are uh, deceased, and, you know, my dad, his dad passed away before I was even born, so, like, his grand, like, that's the grandparent that I'm closest to that's been in my life my entire life, Damn, okay, you know, okay. so, yeah, definitely want to go see her. Nah, I feel that, bro. I mean, shit,
1: man, like, I need to go back soon, bro, like, I'm not gonna lie, I think the last time I went back was, what, 2012, not 2012, what the fuck, 2014, you know what I mean, so that's, like, what, six, seven years, like... Yeah, um, obviously, like, I've I'm, I'm, I seen a lot of my family, what was it, early 2020 when we went for the funeral or whatnot, but that wasn't even in India. I, I just I just feel like I, I need to go back just to get that sense of grounding again, you know what I mean? Yeah. But hopefully soon, bro, like, I know I'm just, I feel like I'm, I'm just moving around trying to trying to figure shit out for myself right now. I'm about to graduate soon, trying to get, a, you know what I mean, trying to find where I'm trying to be established next. One shit kind of slows down. I do want to go back, but then on the other hand, like you said, bro, like I don't want hella years to just pass, and next thing I know, I look up and it's been 15 years since I've been back home.
0: That's another thing too. Is like as an adult, bro, like, it's harder to go because now it's like I've expected to pay for my own ticket and flight back and shit like that. It was just like I'm willing to do. But I'm not willing to do it every other summer or every year like I've been going like when I was a kid. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. So now that I'm older, it's gonna be like my trips are gonna be few and far between. I know that.
1: And on top of that, bro, think about it this way: now when you go, it's different because it's you're not going with your like obviously you can go with your parents, but like everything you do there is gonna be different. You a grown ass man now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's different but when you when you're a kid. You could just be at your auntie's house play Around with your cousins, now it's like you go out there, a motherfucker's just got off
0: of work. (laughs) There's shit expected of you, too. Like, if you're if there's somebody like close in your family that passed away, or somebody just got you're expected to go and say your congratulations or give your, like, yeah, like, like that's expected of an adult, you know what I mean? Nah, big facts, bro. It's just, it's just in a different,
1: I don't know, it's just in a different light, I guess, or it's just in a different, I don't want to say the fucking word vibe, bro. (laughs) It's just, it's just vibes, but nah, bro, it's just in a different, um. Tim, bro. I kept Manifestation. Saying, I kept saying the same shit over and over again. That thought ran the fuck You're out of me. You're being toxic. <laughs> nah, long story short, bro, I want to go back soon, man. You know yeah, what man. I mean? I miss it out there. I miss my family and shit. Especially just not being able to grow up with them and whatnot. So it's just like I'm holding on to a fucking... Not, not a lifeline, but this string of, like, of a connection. Exactly.
0: And it it's not as deep as it should be.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You feel me? Like, it, like nowhere near as deep as it should be. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to lie, bro. I get jealous of seeing people out here that got hella family and shit. I'm like, bro. I, like,
0: yeah, like, I'm going to my grandma's house. Like, you lucky fuck. And, <laughs>
1: and, and motherfuckers don't get... I mean, I, I don't want to say they don't understand how lucky they are. Because a lot of people, you know what I mean? I mean, well, I mean, people only know what they know, right? Exa- exactly. Exactly. But... For those of y'all that are able to grow up with family and stuff, cherish those moments, bro. Like, yeah. Like yeah, that extended yeah. Don't family. Don't take it for granted.
0: Not at all, bro. Like, really be thankful that you have, like, if you do in your life, like your cousins and uncles and grandparents that are easily accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, kick with like, them. Be, be, be thankful that you have those people available. Yeah. Because, you know, like, even when I was a kid, bro, like, there's been times where I'm like, man, I fucking miss my grandma, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm thousands of miles away. So, that shit sucks. It does, man. Well, on that note, bro,
1: killed it yet again. You Gang. feel me? Another Gang one in the raps. You feel me? We appreciate y'all patience with us. I feel like we say this every other episode, but, hey, this work in progress. We're building it. Literally built this bitch from the ground up. You know what I mean?
0: Got it out the mud. Bruh. Hey, hey, hey.
1: <laughs> but, nah, man. And, you know, we got another one in the books for y'all. And, uh, yeah, man.
0: On behalf of the Two Coin Podcast, this is your brother
1: Waleed signing out. And I'm Ronnie, the other side of the coin. Yee! Yeah.